Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Thursday, August 3rd. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun, clouds today. Another beautiful day on the way. High 80. Tonight, overnight, could see some scattered thunderstorms the low 69 and then friday partly cloudy chance of an afternoon thunderstorm high 81 if you're walking out the door with us right now 59 clear in ossining up in westchester county 58 and clear in flemington down in new jersey and it is 65 and clear here in midtown so much to get to as we work our way up six o'clock hour sid and friends in the morning I have my electric bill set up with a uh, bill pay, so it just sort of automatically pays it each month, each month rather. And uh, maybe you've noticed this too, if you have the same thing. All of a sudden, I was like, "Wait a minute! How much money are they taking out of my account to pay the electric bill?" And it's a lot. I, I couldn't believe how high the bill has gone up. And I'm sure I got notice of it because. They send me something email-wise saying the rates are going up. But, of course, you never pay attention to those emails. And this is the same news, by the way, no matter where you go across the tri-state. A national grid uh, having these virtual hearings yesterday, which, by the way, are usually nonsense. This is your chance to weigh in on saying, no, I don't want my bill to go up. And then they raise your bill anyway, kind of like those MTA hearings. So uh, I looked at my bill in New Jersey, which is PSE&G. I could not believe how much it was. Now, granted, it is the summer and the AC is going. But still, I when did this all happen? And it's the same out on Long Island. So they have these virtual hearings. They want to raise the rates there by 21%, which would be about for the average homeowner, about 34 bucks a month. They should take us into consideration and not and not hike things up. It's struggling. Everybody, no one is exempt from higher taxes, <laughs> higher gas bills or anything. So I think everybody would be struggling. Some customers say the uh, requested uh, rate would uh, hurt their wallets, of course. I feel the same way. Damage their lives. But again... Uh, it's the lawmakers that have the final say, the uh, the utility control board that gets the final say about whether these rate hikes go through. They've given them thumbs up. So National Grid holding these hearings. But no matter what, on Long Island, New Jersey, Connecticut, up in uh, the Hudson Valley, you're still getting slammed by these bills that we don't have a whole lot of say. Since in. the pandemic, some people are still struggling and it's just difficult for everyone right now. We need a break. <laughs> Thank, give us a break already. You yeah. Know? So uh, if you have the bill pay like i do go look at it i could not believe how much it was a little nutty all right let's get into the uh, headlines the top five at five donald trump will be in dc today to hear all he's charged with a dad turns on his cop son in the bronx is a migrant tent city about to go up in central park today is decision day on outdoor dining in the city 
And in Westchester, they've come up with an interesting way to kill those annoying lantern flies. All right, let's get into it at 5.03. Security preparations underway have been for the last 24 hours. D.C. ahead of former President Trump's scheduled arraignment there today. He's expected to appear in person before a magistrate. This is going to be about 4 o'clock this afternoon. It comes after the former president charged on Tuesday on four felony counts in connection with his alleged attempts to overturn the results of the 2020 race. This is a 45-page federal indictment conspiracy accuses the former president of conspiracy to defraud the U.S., conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. There are more involved in this. It's a long list, 45 pages in all. Um, so for a few minutes on Wednesday, uh, ahead of this, as the security is getting ready for the former president to come to D.C., the uh, Capitol seemed like it was under siege again, under attack. Um, all of a sudden, there were harried staffers running for the exits after alerts went out that warned of a possible active shooter on Capitol grounds. This is what, of course, everybody was worried about, that uh, things would get very intense in D.C. ahead of this indictment, ahead of the former president's appearance. We could hear banging and screaming. We could hear shouting uh, in the halls. We see about 20 Capitol Hill police running down the hall with uh, vests on. Thankfully, it was not real, but uh, police were not taking any chances. We found no confirmation that there was an active shooter um, and that this may have been a, a, a bogus call. So that was the craziness yesterday. The barricades up just all over D.C., especially outside the Capitol, ahead of the former president's indictment today. A former Vice President Mike Pence, of course, was Donald Trump's vice president, says anyone who puts themselves above the Constitution should never be president. First time that the vice president's really speaking out about this indictment, about what took place on January 6, 2021. I had no right to overturn the election. And then on that day, President Trump asked me to put him over the Constitution. But I chose the Constitution and I always will. That was Pence uh, talking about the indictment over these alleged efforts to overthrow the 2020 election. Pence says he fulfilled his own duty by certifying the election results on that day. He added that Trump's repeated claim that the election was rigged was completely false. The vice president presides over a joint session of Congress where the electoral votes that are certified by the states shall be opened and shall be counted. Pence uh, went on to say a president must uphold and protect the Constitution, and he says that's what he was doing on that day. Anyone who puts themselves over the Constitution should never be president of the United States. And anyone who asks someone else to put themselves over the Constitution should never be president of the United States again. And he says that's what he was asked to do. I can't assess whether or not the government has the evidence to prove beyond a reasonable doubt what they assert in the indictment. And the president's entitled to a presumption of innocence. And I think for the first time, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the vice president, former vice president, very clear that he says the 2020 election was not rigged. What the president maintained that day and frankly has said over and over again over the last two and a half years is completely false. Yeah. Interesting to hear that from Pence, because we haven't heard him define it in that way on the uh, campaign trail or since his vice presidency that I remember anyway. Very clear about that yesterday. All right. There's more to get into. WABC News Time 509. Let's stay down in D.C. where it will be indictment day again for the former president, Donald Trump. His lawyer 
on CNN last night uh, arguing that uh, we don't indict people over political disagreements. What was not true, that that there were states where ballots were sent out without people asking for them, where there were changes in verification, where there were instances where ballots were not being supervised at drop-off places. The, the president was told, given advice, that under these circumstances, the state legislatures have the ultimate ability to qualify electors. He followed that advice. Now, you may disagree as to whether or not those things actually occurred or not. That's why we have political debate. We don't have criminal trials over that. The federal judge assigned to this election fraud case uh, against the former president has stood out as one of the toughest punishers of the rioters who stormed the Capitol in that attack uh, back in 2021. Uh, U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin, she's a former assistant public defender who was nominated to the bench by President Obama. She will oversee this uh, case accusing Trump of trying to overturn the 2020 election loss. Uh, Alan Dershowitz, he was on with Katz and Cosby, of course, heard every single day right here, 77 WABC at five o'clock. He says this is the wrong judge to be overseeing this case. She's the worst possible judge to sit on a case like this. This case must have a judge who is beyond reproach. This is a woman who was chained, trained at the Boyce Schiller firm. The Boyce Schiller firm, in my view, is the most corrupt firm among any large firm. I got them recused not so long ago from a case because of a conflict of interest. It was another case in which the chief judge in the Southern District said, The conflict was so clear that even a first-year student should see it. Over and over again, this firm has been charged with uh, essentially corruption. And this is a woman who learned at the feet of these lawyers and was in the firm when they represented Burisma and represented Hunter Biden. She is the worst possible judge to sit on this case in the worst possible district. This is the most extreme anti-Trump district in the United States. And so the case should be moved to Virginia, West Virginia, and taken and put in front of a different judge. Former President Trump has been relatively quiet since this indictment. A couple of posts on Truth Social. Uh, We may hear more from him later today after he is in D.C. to answer these criminal charges. He's this is the third time, right? Third indictment. He's pled not guilty to the other charges in the other two cases. It'll be a busy day. Heavy traffic in D.C. Security just everywhere ahead of his visit there. The Secret Service released a statement saying it is working with city police and federal officers to ensure the highest levels of safety and security while minimizing disruptions to the normal court process. Trump is scheduled to appear at the courthouse at 4 p.m. Eastern. This week, Trump was indicted for his alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 election. I'm Mark Mayfield. All right. So as of uh, this Thursday arraignment, Trump, uh, as the other two indictments, he won't be placed in handcuffs. Not clear if a mugshot will be taken of him. That's according to the U.S. Marshal spokesperson. Of course, keep it here. We'll have the latest on this uh, as it begins at four o'clock. What happens in D.C. to say uh, D.C. today? We'll decipher it, of course, during the talk shows. Keep it right here. 77 W.A.B.C. All right. Let's bring it back home. 513. This is a big deal for New Yorkers who live in the five boroughs. The decision on whether outdoor dining structures will stick around in the city set to be made today with a city council vote. Lots of people uh, love outdoor dining. Lots of people who live in the city hate it, though, because it takes up so many parking spots. Having drinks outside in the summertime is, is, is a great thing. They're taking a lot of parking space. Oh, it's atrocious. You can't park anywhere. I honestly feel they're a waste of space. 
Um, they are corroded. They bring rodents. They bring rats. Yeah, that's the big argument is that they bring in the rats, the mice, the outdoor dining structures. Of course, they first emerged during COVID as a way to allow restaurants across the city to accommodate customers, stay in business, uh, let people eat safely outdoors. But now a lot of New Yorkers say it is time to get rid of these. So many of them, by the way, are eyesores. I will say that as I drive into the city every day, you can see some of them are maintained, but a lot of them have fallen apart. And New Yorkers say if that's the case, then maybe we should to just get rid of all of them around seven eight o'clock and having to find a parking spot it's a rat house yeah it is frustrating if you're looking for a spot and you realize that dining structure is taking up three or four prime spots uh in your neighborhood city council members will come together to decide if these structures will be able to operate year-round if the vote passes to keep the structures it'll cost restaurants less to take part in outdoor dining compared to the once pricey licenses they needed of course they'll be restricted about how they maintain these structures and uh, that kind of thing. But we'll follow this vote, which is going to take place a little bit later today at City Council. All right, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Happy Friday Eve. Good morning, Justin Ellick. Good morning, Noam Layden. Starting Kansas City, where the Mets got blanked by the Royals by a score of 4 to nothing in the middle game of a three-game set. Nine hits for the Mets, oddly, wasn't enough to scratch across any runs on the night, and Kodai Sengel was solid through five and two-thirds innings pitch. But Casey's Cole Raggins was stronger through his six shutout innings opposite Sanga. Carlos Carrasco will try and play stopper on the bump this afternoon in the finale against the Royals. First pitch is scheduled for 2.10 p.m. Eastern time, with Casey sending out Brady Singer to counteract Carrasco. And in the Bronx, fire Cashman chance out of the Yanks' faithful. Must a little fire underneath the team's slumping bats as they avoid the sweep against the Tampa Bay Rays with a 7-2 win in yesterday's finale. After falling behind early, Anthony Volpe and Giancarlo Stanton took matters into their own hands with respective dingers in the third inning to put the Bombers up for good. Try to get that run in. Got more. Deep to right field. Low back. On the track. See ya. A two-run home run for Volpe. Game is tied at two. One of the only bright spots, or that call, courtesy of the Yes Network, of course. One of the only bright spots for the Yanks this season, Ace Garrett Cole, was once again lights out on the mound for New York, going seven strong while only yielding two earned runs on four hits. He moves his season record to 10 and 2 overall, and his ERA down to 2.64. And as it currently stands, is your clear front runner in the American League Cy Young race. Tonight, as the Yankees open a four game weekend set at home against the Houston Astros, it'll be Clark Schmidt. Getting the ball for a 7-15 first pitch against Houston's Christian Javier. And additional off-the-field news coming from the Yankees yesterday as well. The news that starting pitcher Domingo Herman will not pitch again this season as he's voluntarily entered inpatient treatment for alcohol abuse, the team did announce yesterday. Since arriving in the majors six years ago, Herman has had trouble on and off the field. If you remember, Noam, he was banned 81 games by Major League Baseball earlier in his career over an alleged domestic violence incident so hopefully her mind and what is help. it this time he's going in for uh alcohol abuse oh, hey. so i guess you know he's got uh, he's got trouble with the bottle hopefully he gets the uh, the help that he needs yeah wish him well yes yeah, of course of course we will not see Herman again this season if you remember as well no me through that perfect game um not not too long ago against the oakland a's so um uh, hoping for uh giving him 
our uh, our best wishes. And just like that, too, no, we have National Football League action to look forward to tonight, albeit preseason action, but nonetheless will be a sight for sore eyes, especially for Jets fans. As Gain Green gets set to kick off the league's preseason slate in tonight's Hall of Fame game against the Cleveland Browns. Kickoff is set for 8 p.m. Eastern time uh, from Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton, Ohio. And also of note... You know what? There's yep. nothing dopier than the Hall of Fame game, I have to say, most years. <laughs> but I, I, I'm so excited about tonight's, I can't tell you, because it's the Jets. Yeah, it's the Jets. I mean, you shouldn't look forward to seeing uh, number 8 Aaron Rodgers out there. He won't play Not a even snap. one touch? No. Not even, really? No. Yeah, he no. won't play a snap. No I, way. I'll still watch, though. I, I don't even think he'll be suited up. He'll be on the sideline in, uh, in you know, shorts and a sweatshirt. So we'll okay. see. We'll see. Uh, but uh, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't think that is likely at all. You'll see a whole lot of Zach Wilson. Also of note, last night Lionel Messi two goals for uh, Inter Miami. So he's uh, dominating in his uh, short time there thus far. Sports on. By the way, yeah. Can I throw this in there too? Go Fastest selling jersey of all time. That Messi Florida jersey. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought it would, unbelievable. I thought it would be a Jalen Hurts uh, Kelly Green no. Philadelphia Eagles jersey. Fastest selling of all time. It's <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. There you go. How about that? Lionel Messi already making putting a stamp on American soccer or football. My God. Jeez. Don't, don't castrate me. Here we go. Sports on 77 WABC. Justin Alec. WABC News Time 520. Let's go down to the U.S.-Texas um, border. Uh, I should say the Mexico-Texas border. Texas Governor Greg Abbott refusing to back down in the face of a Justice Department lawsuit over what's being called a floating border wall there. Texas is going to take this case all the way to the United States Supreme Court to defend the rights guaranteed to us in the United States Constitution. If you haven't been following this story, they have this system of buoys that continues to float in the Rio Grande near the border town of Eagle Pass. It's meant to deter illegal immigration. The DOJ's lawsuit alleges that the floating wall violates the rules that ban anything that affects the flow of water. The constitutional right of the state of Texas to secure our border and to defend our sovereignty supersedes any statute. By the way, so many, of course, of those migrants who are making it through there, guess where they're coming? Yeah, right here in New York City. Governor Greg Abbott vowing to fight the lawsuit all the way to the Supreme Court. The statute on which the lawsuit is based does not seem to apply to the buoys that are at issue. 522 out to Detroit, the new head of the United Auto Workers Union laying out what he wants in a new contract with Detroit's big three. Sean Fain says union members have been suffering over the last couple of years. We're currently living in a cost of living crisis caused by corporate greed. Companies are jacking up prices to make larger and larger profits while our wages have remained stagnant or regressed. Here's what Fain is asking for. He wants a 32-hour work week for union members. Says the uh, COVID pandemic taught everyone how important it is to spend more time with family and less time working. I know these demands sound ambitious, but I also know that the big three can easily afford them. Another demand is for the UAW to be allowed to strike if an auto plant is shut down. Currently, that is uh, against federal law. 522 out to Pittsburgh. The man who killed 11 Jewish worshipers at a Pittsburgh synagogue back in 2018, sentenced to death now. Ira Spitzer says the massacre is considered the deadliest, uh, deadliest anti-Semitic attack in U.S. history. In June of 2018, Bowers entered Pittsburgh's Tree of Life synagogue during Saturday services, brandishing a semi-automatic rifle. He then killed 11 worshipers during the attack. Bowers had previously posted anti-Semitic content online. The jury rejected claims by the defense that Bowers had schizophrenia and that he had carried out the shooting under mental or emotional disturbance. 
Ira Spitzer, San Francisco. Family members of some of the victims uh, weighing in on the fact that he will be put to death. Here's Lay Stein. Finally, justice has been served. And even though nothing will bring my dad back, I feel like a weight has been lifted and I can breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah, a lot of these victims' families say uh, he got what he deserved or will get what he deserves. We are overwhelmingly grateful for the verdict shared today. But unfortunately, neither verdict would have brought the voice back. The Rosenthal family would like to thank the jury for their thoughtful and careful deliberation. 524, let's go overseas. There's new hope that the U.S. may soon get more information about that Texas soldier who walked from South Korea over to North Korea now two weeks ago and have not heard too much about him. The State Department has reached out to the reclusive nation to get an update. For the first time, North Korea has responded, but they did not provide details. There's a fear that Private Travis King is being tortured. He was in the process of being shipped back to El Paso's Fort Bliss when he slipped away from the airport and made a dash across the border. I'm Lisa Taylor. Economists say the downgrading of U.S. credit rating by Fitch is just a warning shot across the U.S. government's bow. bow. Economists say uh, we have to get it right and right our fiscal ship. Uh, otherwise, we're going to get swamped. In terms of budget management, uh, you know, we've been we've been adrift here. You know, for uh, really decades now, and, and the national debt uh, keeps climbing. This uh, downgraded credit rating, it could result in us getting higher rates on mortgages, on credit cards. You know, servicing the debt that we have uh, is going to be more expensive, and then that will eat up a bigger piece of the budget and makes, you know, this whole issue of addressing the deficit and the debt um, you know, that much more difficult. Yeah, but servicing that debt is not very popular, of course, among, among most politicians. We just see this political theater of the debt ceiling and government shutdowns and then another giant bill gets gets passed and, and adds another trillion or two uh, to that debt total. The heat wave that's been uh, just over the southwest what seems like the entire summer, the lack of rain affecting the price you pay at the grocery store, it's making life tough for Texas ranchers whose cows can't graze on what's dead grass. A lot of people will be very short of forage. And in the cow business, our business is converting forage into beef. Ron Dill there says that farmers are questioning whether this weather will lead to another busted year of no crops with less supply to the market. He says that will drive up the prices on produce as well. We'll see a decline in beef production over the next couple of years. Anything that relies on rainwater for support, they're going to suffer a yield loss. Yeah, not good news there. The opening bell rings this morning after stocks closed lower yesterday at the closing bell. The Dow fell 348 points. Investors today going to keep an eye out for a weekly jobless claims data with most analysts predicting the number will come in around 227,000. That's up from the 221,000 in the previous week. Earning results are also due from the big names like um Amazon, Apple, Moderna, and Warner Brothers. We are just getting started on this early Thursday morning. So much more to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. A dad turns on his cop son in the Bronx. Brutal story. We'll get to that before the morning is out. Is a migrant tent city about to go up in Central Park? And in Westchester, Boy, they've come up with a really unique way to kill those annoying lanternflies. It's loud, but it's working. We'll tell you what that's all about after this. 
The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden on 77 WABC. Rudy Giuliani here. On 9 11, 2,977 people lost their lives, and today. 9-11 related illnesses continue to take lives, yet a whole generation knows little to nothing about our nation's darkest day. The Tulsa Towers 9-11 Institute is righting this wrong by educating kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about 9-11. Their non-fiction, first-person accounts are told through videos and the Discovering Heroes book series. These accounts are moving and unparalleled. Kids won't forget these true stories. The Institute offers full curriculum units with scripted social studies lessons, activities, and background for teachers. A speakers bureau for class rooms with access to 9-11 first responders, survivors, and loved ones. A mobile exhibit, a tractor trailer that's an interactive museum with 9-11 artifacts, and Russell F. Schiller Memorial Scholarships for the children of program recipients who are exemplary high school students preparing for college. To never forget, we must educate future generations. Let's help our nation honor its vow. Donate $11 a month to Tunnels to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 531. Good morning. It is Thursday, August 3rd. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun clouds today, high 80. Tonight, overnight, could see some scattered thunderstorms, the low 60. And then Friday, partly cloudy. Chance of afternoon thunderstorms, high 81. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 59 and clear in Ossining up in Westchester County. 58 and clear in Flemington down in New Jersey. And it is 65 and clear here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour right here in the city. Just a tragic story out of the Bronx. An off-duty NYPD cop shot and killed by his father in in his Soundview apartment, the shooting happening in a Fletley Avenue apartment, the discovery made around noon yesterday. But police think it could have happened earlier in the day or perhaps overnight. It's preliminarily uh, was well, really now being investigated as an attempted murder suicide. A gun recovered at the scene. Officials say a father shot his son, who's an off duty officer, then shot himself. Both victims had gunshot wounds to their head. Uh, people in the neighborhood who know this officer, shocked to hear about what took place. So sad. Painful for the family, yeah. You know, it breaks my heart. I feel very bad, you know. The building's super said he heard the son's sister-in-law scream when she found them lying on a bed. He said the father and son, members of a hardworking and kind Dominican family, so he said it was shocking to him. I feel so bad about this because I know him. Yeah, that's, that's sad. That's crazy. In a chaotic, crazy, tragic scene at the site yesterday, the son, identified as Alexis Martinez, who was supposed to be playing on a NYPD baseball game Wednesday afternoon. His team showed up at his apartment when they heard something had gone wrong. Uh, they saluted the officer as his body was taken out of the apartment. Relatives say the father had struggled with mental issues. Um, a sea of salutes greeted Martinez's body as it was removed from his fourth floor apartment. The NYPD escorting the ambulance to a morgue in Queens. Uh, no word on a motive, but again, the relative saying the father had struggled with mental issues over the years. 533. 
Hundreds of migrants remain in place outside of the city's arrival intake center here in Midtown, where many apparently waiting, some of them, for a week for a place to find shelter, if there is one available. Many uh, complaining that the city's not doing enough for them, uh, sleeping in the streets outside the Roosevelt Hotel, hoping that uh, their number will be called. New Yorkers who are walking by saying the scene just looks kind of pathetic. I was here almost 24 hours ago, and the line hasn't grown up. I mean, it's the same amount of people for the past 24 hours. So it seems like, you know, they're keeping these people for whatever reason. Now, according to city tracking of the migrants who have coming in, there was this period of time where there was a lull, where it was maybe a couple hundred a week. Last week, 2,300 migrants came to the city. That's, I mean, so, the, and this is after the mayor says uh, the inn is no longer open. There's no more space for them, and that's part of the reason you're seeing some of those migrants sleeping in the street, all mostly single men. Those are the people who are last in line to get a place. Families are first in line. City officials deny that they're leaving people online as a strategy to send a message to the federal government that they need help. I don't think. I or any person in this administration would use people to do any type of a stunt. It's heartbreaking. No one's happy about that. Yesterday, the city announced it's partnering with colleges and law schools throughout the city to help migrants fill out migrant-seeking or asylum-seeking forms. The deputy mayor, Ann Williams, says uh, four CUNY schools, along with Columbia, NYU, New York Law School, they're going to offer students credits when they volunteer to help these migrants fill out these applications. The progress we've been able to make has been due to our whole of city approach alongside our legal partners and now including a number of our city's academic institutions. The thought here is these students could push along the whole process. What we're seeing is the ongoing struggle of a system that is buckling with 500 people a day. Um, and so that is the struggle that we're having right now and what we're seeing that's happening at the Roosevelt. Yeah, so many questions about where these migrants are going to end up. Uh, there's rumors of a tent city in Central Park, rumors of a tent city on Randall's Island. I think when we originally did our tent in Randall's Island, that was probably 30,000 migrants ago. And so we are here now trying to make sure that we look at all the options on the table. Yeah, so they're hoping that this program with the college students will speed along the process for these migrants, uh, I guess, in the end, so they can get jobs, that kind of thing. All of which will sponsor at least three full days at the clinic this fall, giving their students the chance to volunteer as application assistants. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how many students volunteer for this program, and the schools say they will get credit if they do volunteer and help migrants fill out these asylum-seeking applications. WABC News Time 538. Let's go out to Brooklyn with this mystery of two bodies that have ended up in a creek there. Police not saying much about what might have happened to 27-year-old John Castic, who went missing last weekend. This was Saturday, early Sunday morning, like 2 a.m. He had gone to this club in East Williamsburg. And uh, our, uh, uh, went missing, uh, family members looking for him, friends looking for him. Cops finally found his body this week in Newtown Creek. Now, he's the second person in the last six weeks to have disappeared from the same club in the same neighborhood and end up in the same creek. I'm in the music community that he's a part of, and it's just, it's really frightening. I mean, like, the fact that, like, this is happening at our doorstep, to people and there's no cause you know i don't know what the police you know are doing about it what the investigation looks like but 
I mean, this is the second time in two months, and it's it's horrifying. It is horrifying. The surveillance video of uh, John Kastik, who was a senior analyst at Goldman Sachs. There is this moment where he's walking out of the club, but then uh, they're unable to follow him past this this pretty industrial area. Uh, He had left the Brooklyn Mirage Club about 2 a.m. It told friends he was going to jump into an Uber. Clearly, that never happened. Police now trying to figure out what happened between the time he left the club and the time they found him in the creek a couple days later. Again, two bodies, same club have ended up in the creek. Is there a connection between it all? Cops not saying a whole lot. 540, just an awful story out of Lacey Township, New Jersey. We're getting more details about this fire that left four people dead on Tuesday. Now been ruled accidental. Officials now identifying the victims. First responders rescuing a 67-year-old woman who was able to jump out of this house and then tell firefighters there were four people still stuck in this home that was completely engulfed. A crew's race to the scene as neighbors were already there trying to get these four people out, but they weren't able to. They were out the window screaming for help. Everybody saw the smoke and the explosions. It was just... I can't even explain it. It's like something out of a movie. Within seconds, the fire was so hot that it was like almost into the street. It only took seconds, it seemed, to get the ladder, but this was just neighbors. They couldn't uh, They couldn't get to them. Firefighters raced into this house, but then the roof collapsed, so they had to back back out. When they were able to get back in, unfortunately, they found the bodies of four people, 39-year-old Jennifer Wright, 34-year-old Elena Wright, a 14-year-old, and a four-month-old, all who had passed away. Uh, neighbors say those firefighters were heroic in trying to revive those four. The firefighters just about got in there to get the um to save the people and that's when the roof came down so they were trying to working on the baby over here they tried so hard for over 40 minutes the fire started in the porch area now police say it was likely started by a cigarette 541 a father and son who were newark police officers have been sentenced for their roles in a deadly accident that killed a nurse Luis santiago was off duty at the time but admitted he was drunk when he slammed his car into damien decma who was walking along the garden state parkway this was halloween night of 2021 i know nothing i say will ease the suffering but i'm truly sorry i didn't mean this this was an accident now instead of calling for help in that moment santiago drove the body home before his family told him to return to the scene. Santiago sentenced to five years in prison. His father sentenced to probation. Dumpka's father forgave Santiago for the accident, saying the length of the sentence doesn't matter, but he hopes Santiago will fix his life after this. Whatever the sentence will be, five, ten, hundred years, my pain still the same. I have only one son, only Damien. This is enough five years for this boy. 543, let's go out to Westchester. Much lighter note, officials in Westchester County taking steps tonight to fight off those spotted lanternflies. Have you noticed all of a sudden they're just everywhere? I guess this is their season where they hatch, lay eggs, the invasive species is causing significant damage to trees, parks, wooded area can devastate trees. So the Westchester County Parks Department is trying something different. They've acquired these five high-powered commercial vacuums that are used to suck up these large clusters of insects. 
Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Uh, Taro Itakida is a conservation supervisor who says this is the first year the large outbreaks have been found in southern Westchester after lanternflies were first detected back in Pennsylvania in 2014. But look up in your trees if you have some in your backyard or in your neighborhood, and you will be shocked how many they are. And uh, if you're outside for any period of time, one of them will likely land on you, and you should crush them immediately because they're just ruining these trees. Uh, here's this guy who's vacuum, vacuuming up the bugs, and he's he said he's getting to as many as he can. For each of these ones, that's 50 eggs that are not laid. So it can uh, reduce populations in areas. Yes. So this is the tree of heaven. This is their preferred host. It's kind of gross. Kind of gross. They drink the sap. The sap is a lot of sugar and water plus some minerals. They're after those minerals and proteins. See all this dripping? These bugs are really harmful to fruit trees. The adults, they won't survive the winter, but the eggs which they lay uh, will. And here's the issue. So they're trying to get to the eggs, to the bugs. Uh, they use trained dogs uh, to sniff out the eggs to detect the next wave of these invading insects because they're so harmful to trees everywhere. When they're adults, easy pickings. So we've got like this full month to get as many as we can before they lay their eggs. By hitting the parks, which have most of the trees in the county, um, or a good portion of them, it's going to stop them going into residential areas, too. Of course, so, well, Westchester County, huge county, five vacuums, not a lot. But uh, they're asking homeowners to kill the bugs by using power washers, uh, washers and vacuum cleaners or just uh, what I do, <laughs> stomp on them. By the way, you have to stomp usually twice because they're, they're hardy bugs, and that usually does it. All right, 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find my good friend Justin Ellick. I've been waiting. I didn't just sprint in here. I've been I've been waiting. I, I didn't suggest that you did. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> Sports. <laughs> no, and we'll start here in Kansas City where the Mets got blanked by the Royals by a score of 4-0 in the middle game of a three-game set. Nine hits. For the orange and blue, oddly wasn't enough to scratch across any runs on the night, and Cody Sango was solid through five and two-thirds innings pitch. But Casey's Cole Raggins was stronger through his six shutout innings. Opposite Sanga, Carlos Carrasco will try and play stopper on the bump this afternoon in the finale against the Royals. First pitch is scheduled for 2.10 p.m. Eastern time with Casey setting out Brady Singer to counteract Carrasco. And in the Bronx, fire Cashman chance out of the Yanks' faithful must have lit a fire underneath the team's slumping bats as they avoid the sweep against the Tampa Bay Rays with a 7-2 win in yesterday's finale. After falling behind early, Anthony Volpe and uh, Giancarlo Stanton took matters into their own hands with respective dingers in the third inning to put the Bombers up for good. Try to get that run in. Not more. Deep to right field. Low back. On the track. See ya! A two-run home run for Volpe. Game is tied at two. Those calls, courtesy of the Yes Network. One of the only bright spots for the Yankees this season, Ace Garrett Cole, was once again lights out on the mound for New York, going seven strong while only yielding two earned runs on four hits. He moves his season record to 10-2 and two overall and his ERA down to 2-6-4. He's currently uh, standing uh, as your clear front runner in the American League Cy Young race tonight as the Yankees uh, open a four-game set at home against the Houston Astros. It'll be Clark Schmidt getting the uh, ball for a 7.15 p.m. first pitch against Houston's Christian Javier. An additional off-the-field news coming from the Yankees yesterday as well with the news that starting pitcher Domingo Armand will not pitch again this season as he's voluntarily entered inpatient treatment for alcohol abuse, the team did announce yesterday. Since arriving in the major six years ago, Germain, Herman 
has had trouble on and off the field. If you remember, he was banned 81 games by Major League Baseball earlier in his career over an alleged domestic violence incident. So we're wishing him the best and hope he gets the help that he needs. And just like that, as well known, we have National Football League action to look forward to tonight, albeit preseason action. But nonetheless, we'll be a sight for sore eyes, especially for Jets fans, as Gang Green gets set to kick off the league's preseason slate in tonight's Hall of Fame game against the Cleveland Browns. Kickoff is set for 8 p.m. Eastern time from Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium in Canada. Where can I watch Ohio. this game? Is it, is, do you know? Is it ESPN or something like that? Um, I'm not positive. I'm sure it'll be on NFL Network, but uh, I gotta. we can confirm that for you for sure. Huh. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe Fox Sports. But you're, you're saying uh, uh, no touches for... Um... For Rodgers. Yeah. No, I don't, I, don't, I don't foresee that. I don't even foresee him putting on a... Uh, uh, pads, uniform, or yeah. I mean, he'll wear you know he'll probably wear his jersey over just nothing. But hmm. yeah, I, I wouldn't imagine he even suits up. Yeah, I'm still going to watch it though. Yeah, why not? I'll watch a I'll watch a couple series. You see him on the sideline with a headset on, you know, acting like an assistant coach, and uh, it'll still be entertaining. It's a Hall of Fame game. It's football, baby. Yeah, exactly. Finally, yeah, finally. And with sports, no, I'm Justin Ellis. All right, let's catch you up on the big stories of the morning. The big one, of course, will be in D.C. later today. Donald Trump will show up. Uh, Been indicted uh, in the 2020 presidential race. Four o'clock, he'll go before this magistrate to answer four felony counts. A 45-page federal indictment. Conspiracy accuses the former president of conspiracy to defraud the U.S., conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. It goes on and on. And you can imagine uh, people are a little on edge security-wise in D.C. with the president coming to town. Uh, for a few minutes uh, yesterday, the Capitol seemed to be under attack. Uh, there was word that there was a shooter in the Capitol. We could hear banging and screaming. We could hear shouting uh, in the halls. We see about 20 Capitol Hill police running down the hall. With uh, vests on. Cops say, thankfully, there was no shooter, uh, but uh, people were panicked either way. We found no confirmation that there was an active shooter um, and that this may have been a, a, a bogus call. If you're in D.C. today, there are barricades just up everywhere. Everybody, of course, speaking out about this, one of them being former Vice President Mike Pence, who's been quiet about the other two indictments. Uh, in fact, defending the president and the other two, but not for this one. He says, um... Anyone who puts themselves above the Constitution should never be president. Here was Pence yesterday. I had no right to overturn the election. And then on that day, President Trump asked me to put him over the Constitution. But I chose the Constitution. And I always will. Pence said he fulfilled his own duty by certifying the election results on January 6, 2021. He says uh, Trump's repeated claim that the election was rigged is completely false. The vice president presides over a joint session of Congress where the electoral votes that are certified by the states shall be opened and shall be counted. Pence also saying uh, he did what he was supposed to do and what he swore to do, uphold and protect the Constitution on that day. Anyone who puts themselves over the Constitution should never be president of the United States. And anyone who asks someone else to put themselves over the Constitution should never be president of the United States again. But he does question what the Justice Department has on the former president. I can't assess whether or not the government has the evidence to prove beyond a reasonable doubt what they assert in the indictment. And the president's entitled to a presumption of innocence. What the president maintained that day, and frankly has said over and over again over the last two and a half years, is completely false. 
You might guess, of course, Donald Trump's lawyers pushing back against that. John Laurel, he was on CNN last night. What was not true, that that there were states where ballots were sent out without people asking for them, where there were changes in verification, where there were instances where ballots were not being supervised at drop-off places. The, the president was told, given advice, that under these circumstances, the state legislatures have the ultimate ability to qualify electors. He followed that advice. Now, you may disagree as to whether or not those things actually occurred or not. That's why we have political debate. We don't have criminal trials over that. U.S. District Judge uh, Tanya Chutkin, she's a former assistant public defender who was nominated to the bench by President Obama. She will oversee this case, accusing Trump of trying to overturn the 2020 election. Uh, Alan Dershowitz weighing in on this judge on Katz and Cosby, which of course can be heard here every day, 77 WABC at 5 p.m. He says that she's the wrong judge for this case. She's the worst possible judge to sit on a case like this. This case must have a judge who is beyond reproach. This is a woman who was trained at the Boy Schiller firm. The Boy Schiller firm, in my view, is the most corrupt firm among any large firm. I got them recused not so long ago from a case because of a conflict of interest. It was another case in which the chief judge in the Southern District said the conflict was so clear that even a first-year student should see it. Over and over again, this firm has been charged with uh, essentially corruption. And this is a woman who learned at the feet of these lawyers and was in the firm when they represented Burisma and represented Hunter Biden. She is the worst possible judge to sit on this case in the worst possible district. This is the most extreme anti-Trump district in the United States. And so the case should be moved to Virginia, West Virginia, and taken and put in front of a different judge. Of course, keep it here. 77 WABC, 4 o'clock is when the president will go before that magistrate. We'll have all the details, all the audio, we'll have analysis. Keep it right here, 77 WABC. Uh, let's bring it back here to New York. A shark washed up at Robert Moses State Park early Wednesday morning. You can imagine that freaked out some of the people who were swimming there. We also yeah. saw a lot of, um, I think there were lifeguards on paddle boards yeah. checking yeah. to make sure that Watching there was, the beach yeah, and checking. Beach. Yeah. So we did go in. We did go in. Did that didn't scare you at all? Uh, yes, it did. <laughs> she kept saying, is that a shark? Is that a shark? Is that a shark? <laughs> a drone that uses uh, as part of its shark patrol spotted the shark. It was off uh, field four. This was about 11 o'clock yesterday. A lifeguard then saw another shark off field five. The sightings also caused swimming to be temporarily stopped. Beachgoers say the water was so clear that uh, it was probably easy to spot those sharks. Of course, nobody hurt this time, thankfully, thanks to those drones and those lifeguards. Uh, yesterday, 5.15. Asa Ellerup's lawyer was on with Sid and Sid and friends in the morning, making an interesting uh, allegation against Suffolk County police. Uh, he says that uh, Asa Ellerup, that's, of course, the wife of Rex Hewerman, Rex Hewerman, of course, behind bars, uh, accused of the Gilgo Beach killings, uh, says that her house was totally messed up by the investigators who were in there for some 12 days. Uh, here the lawyer describes what Asa says was done to her home. After the police have gone in, you know, Victoria's PlayStation 5, the PS5, is, is broken in half in two pieces. Ugh. All of her collectible, collectible cards that she collects, Dungeons and Dragons stuff, destroyed, ripped in half. That's the kind of stuff that's emotionally damaged to a child that has nothing to do with this. 
Robert Macedonio talking to Sid on Sid and Friends in the morning yesterday. He says that the beds and sofas were taken from the home, too, and that uh, the kids and the wife don't have a place to sleep. He was the sole financial provider for the family. There's nowhere else to go. There's no mattresses. There's no beds. There's no anything. They're sleeping on chairs and beanbags right now. Ellerup has spoken to Rex Uerman as he sits in a jail cell. Her lawyer says those uh, conversations were recorded, as all jail conversations are, but he would not say what the two spoke about. We reached out to Suffolk County Police to save was this true? Was her house completely ripped apart and was it left that way? We have not heard back.